0: everybody welcome to Wednesday night service praise the Lord who is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight amen Amen. Hey, hey, it is some weather outside, isn't it? This is uh, not what we are used to in Southern California, but God is good and he is uh, keeping us safe and warm and protected. So we thank God for that. Amen. Well, we are going to have a great time in the word tonight. Mrs. Pastor is going to be bringing forth the message and she is fired up and ready to go. So we are going to have a blast, but let's go ahead and stand up together and we are going to open up by speaking some words of faith. Over the United States of America. And we are going to keep believing that America is coming to Jesus. Can we get a great big amen tonight? Amen. All right. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice and judgment from you shall prevail. And you may be seated. All right. Well, let's get into a few announcements here this evening. Uh, got some stuff coming up. First of all, we want to remind you that the men's meeting is this Saturday, March the 4th at 9 a.m. Men, will we be there? Amen. All right. Well, you're going to want to be there because Brother Walter Easterling is bringing the word this Sunday. Amen. Yeah. And so, hey, it's going to be hot, and it's going to be real, and it's going to be fresh, just like the food. So be there, and it's going to be fantastic. And we're going to do another pitch-in-style breakfast, so men bring something to share. And uh, we'll we'll always have more than enough, because God is good, all right? Uh, next, we have <clears throat> FPU is starting this Sunday night, everybody. And uh, who was here Sunday for the message Pastor Josh gave on finances? Anybody hear that? It's the perfect introduction to FPU. And so it's going to be starting this Sunday night at 530 in Victory Hall. You can register online at hdwc.org slash FPU. And uh, the cost for the materials and everything is $79.99. Now check it out. If you want to come and preview a class, you can come to one class for free and kind of check it out and see, you know, if you want to commit to going through the whole thing. So be there. There is child care and you don't want to miss out on this all right young adults where are we at hey oh there we are all right so we are going to be having a young adults get together saturday march 11th at 11 a.m at six beans and uh, miss rosa linda is going to be leading that for us uh, it's going to be a great get together so uh, and some of you are like 11 a.m on a saturday hey you can do this. You can make this happen. I don't care if that's your sleeping day. You can be there. Let's go, all right? And then a great big announcement is Mrs. Pastor's 75th birthday celebration coming up. That is going to be, uh, I mean, we're just, uh, I mean, man, a week and a half away from this thing. Sunday, March 12th. And that's going to be uh, right at... The uh, 10 a.m. service, Walter has a sign-up sheet we're going to pass around for the pitch-in dinner. Everybody sign up to bring something to share. And uh, that may, way we will have more than enough food uh, for everybody to uh, feast with us because we're going to just really have an awesome time that day and we don't want to miss it. You only turn 75 once, am I right? Amen. Amen. All right. Very good. Uh, who? here we go. Lift family art night is coming up again. That was a wonderful event last year, which really surprised me because uh, they said they were doing an art night, and I was like, "I, my, yeah, good luck, guys." Then like a hundred people showed up, and so I was proven wrong, and I'm okay with that. So we're doing it again, Monday the thirteenth at six thirty, and Lawrence and Leah will have more info. But this is for the whole family, little kids on up to grandparents. We just got together and uh, and painted and had a real blast, and so I want to make sure that you are aware of that, and then. Um, we have the last thing that's on the screen is the March women's meeting is coming up and you gave me a piece of paper and I, I misplaced it. The dog ate it. Something happened, but I don't remember where I put it. So, uh, when is this? Okay, here we go. My dear mother has got this for me. Okay. So we've got it, uh, March 10th. Wow. That's a busy weekend. Friday, March 10th at 630 in victory hall is the March women's meeting. And you're going to be learning how to help children to be confident. Oh, that sounds good. How to help children be confident. And the menu is appetizers or finger foods to share. So make sure you bring something. And ladies, you just have a great time with that. All right. Well, praise God. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. Pastor's going to come on up tonight and do our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings. All right, let's go. He's a coming? Oh, okay. Did you get that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I could be the mic stand.
1: All right. Hallelujah. Are we, are we, are we loud and clear? I just think of a little story to tell you before we get to the ties and offerings, I think is pretty cool. You know, I noticed a few empty seats tonight because it got a little precipitation out there and it's cold. It reminds me of a Wednesday night about, uh, 25, 30 years ago in Martinsville, Indiana. If, 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 the, matter of fact, they declared snow emergency, you weren't supposed to be on the streets unless it was emergency. But we thought it was an emergency to come to church on Wednesday night and hear the word. So, so we had a decent crowd. But the thing was that night, also one of the guys that went to my church, uh, he, he was kind of rich and so he hired people to do odd jobs for him in his house. And there was a man over here from one of the Baltic states. They only spoke Russian. And he brought him to church that night. But just so happened that night, I had a missionary from Siberia here, too, and spoke Russian and English. And so anyway, had an altar call in Russian for that man on a Wednesday night when everything was closed except for our church. Talk about a divine appointment. Hey Amen. It was so cool. And all those people that braved the cold and the snow and the rain and the ice to come to church got to the throw their life the through their lifetime that little country church in Bartonsville, Indiana, said that man receive Jesus in Russian. You clap if you want to. I thought it was a pretty good story. And then it just so happened, one, one, of, one of the leaders of the, of the Christian faith that was in Russia had, had some of Brother Hagin's books in Russian. And he preached our church a few weeks before that. As a matter of fact, he, he helped lay hands on the new Russian Constitution. In the Kremlin, when the uh, country changed, they dedicated to Jesus. But he had some books, his last supply of books from Russia, he'd given them to him right before that just to have them. So he was able to give that man a new birth book in Russian to take with him. Now, is that cool or what? Yeah. Amen. So you never know what's going to happen in your little church in the country in Barstow. <laughs> so cool. All right. Does anybody need an envelope for the tithes or for their offerings? nobody okay look at uh, hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 oh back there got one in the back wall all right amen mrs pastor i'm getting them warmed up for you <laughs> hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 and here men that die receive tithes let's talk about pastors let's talk about preachers that's what i'm doing now receiving tithes and offerings for jesus but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. We've got to always remember, although we make out checks to the church we go to for our tithe, it's a spiritual thing first. Jesus is the Lord of the tithe. And Jesus is the one you want to bless your tithe. We can confess over it and pray over it, and all we don't do with our faith, but the number one thing is you've got to always recognize your tithe into Jesus. But Jesus doesn't need it in heaven, but his church is needed on earth. So we receive it on earth for him. And then flip over to chapter 9, or chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 23. And this is why we make our financial faith confession. Chapter 10, verse 23. And we already got it settled that Jesus is the one we're tithing to verse 23 then says let us hold fast the confession of our faith well this financial faith confession is what we're doing confessing our faith in things the word of God says about our finances hold fast the confession of our faith for he is faithful that promised he is faithful that promised that's why we make all these confessions right? here about everything because Jesus is the one watching the words out of our mouth that come from our heart in faith and he's the one that will cause him to come to pass. But hold fast to confession. That means no matter what things look like, don't let anything steal your confession of faith. I like to say it this way sometimes. Hold on hold on to your faith like a dog on a bone. You know, if you get around a hungry dog, he's got something in his mouth, and you try to get out of his mouth, your love will get hurt because they hold on to it. Well, if the devil, through circumstances... Tries to get you to let loose of your faith. You hold on to it like a dog on a bone. Make the, make sure the devil's the one gets hurt by the words out of your mouth. Amen. Well, let's stand up, and we'll make what? What are we going to do when we stand up? We need, some, we need some financial faith confession. Some of us, and some of us like to make a confession over barstool, but we'll just stick with this. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> are we ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give gesture into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Feel free to join us at the altar for worship. To God be the glory. All of creation, lift up His name. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. All of creation, lift up His name. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. All of creation, lift up His name. To, to God, God be, be the, glory. the glory. To God be the glory. Sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now. The God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. Let's sing together. I'm gonna see a victory. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus Every war he wages he will win I'm not backing down from any giant I know how this story ends I know how this story ends I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for evil Turn it for good, you turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord One last time You take what the enemy meant for Eve, And you turn it for good You turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for Eve, and you turn it thank you, Father. for good. Thank you, Father. you turn thank you, Father. it for good.
3: Thank you, Father. thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we just worship you tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you are awesome, God. We thank you, Father God, that it's an honor and a privilege to serve you, Lord. And I'm so thankful, Father, that you call us your children, Father. Lord, we just give you praise for this service tonight, Father, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Well, most of you are all over here. Hallelujah, praise God. You may be seated. Pastor said that you guys look sleepy tonight, so we can't have sleepy, okay? So do we need to get up and do a few jumping jacks? Can you do that? Yes, you can. You're a military guy. Let me see you do a jumping jack. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Let's go for it, kid. I can't do it anymore, so let me... Come on, come on. Come on. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. Okay. Yay! Thank you. All right, all right. James can do it. He's little James. He's back in the background. He's doing jumping jacks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to make sure that you're all awake tonight. Because I really want to share some stuff with you tonight, and uh, actually I'm going to do my sermon backwards. Um, I'm going to be talking to you, I'm going to talk to you, my topic tonight is the believer's job description. Did you know we had a job description? Well, we do. See, you didn't even know it, did you? That's the problem. <laughs> we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. But he did, he did give us a job description. So we're going to talk about that second, but I want to talk to you about what is going on in the spirit realm in our nation right now. How many of you know about the word revival? Are you, do you want revival? You want the same old, same old? Do you want revival, right? Okay, well, tell me what revival means. Somebody shout it to me. Not necessarily. Back row. I just, somebody back there. They revive. Okay, listen, let me, uh, let's, uh, well how can you have revival if you don't know what it means? Okay, here we go. Revival means if you were, if you were, a revival to revive something, You must have once been alive, right? Okay, so how many believers do you know are lukewarm? Maybe you're lukewarm. Maybe you need revived. How many prodigals do you know, people who have completely walked away from the Lord? They used to be in church. You haven't seen them for 10 years. They're backslidden. What do they need? They need revived. That's what revival is, Okay. That revival is for those who know the Lord or who once knew the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that people cannot get saved in a re- revival, okay, because a lot of people will. Now I'm going to talk about a great awakening. A great awakening is when the Lord shows up on a massive on a massive way across the nation to, to a group of people that don't know God at all. Like the school system of the United States of America, for instance. See, when I was a little girl, we sang Christmas carols at church. At school, we sang hymns. At school, we read our Bibles at school. But then in the '60s, when they took they took God out, that leaves a godless society in the public school system. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if the children do not have Christian parents at home, you know back then if they didn't have christian parents at home they at least learned about it at school so a great awakening is when the lord moves mightily across the land and he wakens 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 i wish you'd teach on those one day pastor dave knows all about the great awakenings and and, and when they were and what happened and blah 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 and i just i love stuff like that because i love to see god move now in 1906 in azusa Street down there in his Zuda, down there and near L.A. or whatever. Um, there was uh, people crying out for revival. People were crying out for the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And there was a black man there who, who got, he got, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost and he started speaking in tongues and he would preach down there. There was a, the, the Azusa Street House was a tiny little house. I don't know if any of you went down there when they had the 100-year anniversary. Anybody go down there to Azusa Street thing when they had the 100-year anniversary? It was in 2006. Brother Copeland was here. Lots of what was going on in the convention center. Well, Pastor and I and some others went to see the little house where the Azusa Street revival was. Well, Daddy Seymour, the, the black gentleman, was such a Humble man that he would preach, but he would put a sack over his head because he didn't want anybody to see him. They, they, he just wanted people to see God. But so the baptism in the Holy Ghost was reintroduced into society in the early 1900s. Now during the 1950s, the Holy Ghost showed, started opening up like healing. Like y'all, who's not heard of Oral Roberts? You know, tent revivals, healings, miracles, signs and wonders. The Lord restored healing back in the 1950s and 60s with those tent revivals. But then, in the, in the 60s, into the, into the early 70s, the charismatic renewal hit. Now, I know there's a movie out right now called The Jesus Revolution, which I haven't seen. But... I got a, I got a funny feeling what it's all about. It's about the charismatic renewal. Now when that was going on, they called it the Jesus revolution. They called it the charismatic renewal and we were all known as Jesus people. And it was an amazing time where the Holy Ghost just swept across the nation in a mighty way. People started speaking in tongues. It was a Holy Ghost revival. People did get saved, but it was, it was a Holy Ghost revival. And so it started in the Catholic Church of all places. And um, I'm just going to be honest with you. The Baptists were horrified. Well, they were horrified anyway about speaking in tongues. But they were horrified that it would start in the Catholic Church because they called the Catholic Church the great whore, you know, from the book of Revelation. So you had this going on. So I thought it was comical. You know, I thought, ha-ha, isn't it just like the Lord to do something like that, you know? Because he loves his Catholic, you know, little kids, you know. He loves his Catholic children that are born again. Just like he loves us, those of us who are born again. Well, he loves us all, but I mean, you know what I mean? We're his children if we're born again. And it spread like wildfire. Now, I was talking to Rosalinda the other day, and she had a dream. And she said that she was standing in the middle of a fire. And all of a sudden, there was a fire over here, and the two fires joined together. And I said, oh, that sounds like revival to me. That sounds like God on the move. And that's what happens during a a revival like that. During the charismatic renewal, man, people were so hungry for God and people would, would, were just wanted to get saved so bad. I mean, Pastor, at one time, he was he was in the urinal, some you know, in the urinal somewhere, and some guy comes up to him. He says, "What is it about you? I gotta have what you've got," you know. And and it was that way because people. I mean, even Irma told me the other day that she saw or told Pastor the other day, and he told me that you saw him in in the Walmart the other day, and he was just minding his own business, but there was a glory all around him, and you thought, well, maybe it was just the light where he was standing, but he moved to another part of the store, and you followed him. To see if the glory was still on him and it was. See, we have, we have an aura about us. There's something about us believers that people want. And back during the charismatic renewal, I mean, man, if you were born again, it was like people were chasing you down to find out what is it about you? I've got to have it. It was amazing. People were so hungry for God. I remember I was, uh, I was sitting in a Methodist church. No, I tell you what happened. Was I in the middle? No. I had gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost in about 1974 in my living room in Anderson, Indiana. Had no clue what had happened to me. I, I had no clue. I didn't know what was going on. But I, all of a sudden I had this hunger for God and I'd been, you know, I got saved when I was like three and a half. So I don't know how old I was then, 26, 28, give or take. And, I was so hungry for God, I just couldn't get enough of the Word. How many of you can testify to the fact that, you know, this has been your life, especially when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you cannot get enough of this Word. You cannot get enough of Jesus. There's no way you're going to turn your back on Him because you just surrender everything and you follow Him all the days of your life. Amen? It's just it's a beautiful thing. But anyway, so... And then I moved to uh, moved around a little bit, and then I was going to this Methodist church. And there were some other people in the Methodist church who had gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost too. And so we kind of all conglomerated together, you know, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? Because the pastor didn't have a clue what was going on with us, you know. And at one point I went to a church in Carmel, Indiana, a huge, huge United Methodist church, and the main pastor was a liberal, and his associate was charismatic. He was baptizing the Holy Ghost. So you had two fractions within the same roof of a church. You had the liberal folks over here, and then you had the the, the tongue talkers were over here. It was it was just it was a crazy time. Now people would meet wherever they could meet. They couldn't they couldn't meet in enough places. There were no word churches then. There were no word churches. But stuff is popping up all over, and I was, we were talking to Katie Brady on the phone yesterday, and and I was telling her about, uh, Dino Shikarian. That was, that's that's his name, right? I said it right. Okay, so back in those days, he was a businessman. He wasn't a pastor, he was a Christian, Holy Ghost-filled businessman. And he started full gospel businessmen across the nation. And so businessmen, would meet together for lunch on such and such a day and they would bring their unsaved business friend people, you know, the guy that owned the shop down the street or whatever, and they would invite him and bring him to full gospel businessmen, pay for the guy's lunch, the guy gets born again, the guy gets baptized in the Holy Ghost and things just go sweeping everywhere. Back then there was a, an organization for women called Glow, and uh, <clears throat> it got a little goofy after a while. <laughs> when we were in Indiana, we were... Uh, Pastor was supposed to, supposedly the leader over it, but there were, there were a bunch of women who were leading themselves and they had no pastor. And so they were a little goofy. But anyway, that kind of fell by the wayside. And, and really there's no full gospel businessmen anymore either because the need for that vanished because the word churches started popping up. So back then, you know, I told you the other day that, uh, people who are like my age, you know, pastor's age, a little bit younger, Started being called to the ministry. And so I was thinking about Pastor Dave today and and Katie and Pastor Josh and Julie. They went down to the Rock Church for some stuff. And I was thinking about, uh, 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 Pastor Cobray, uh, Jim Cobray and his wife Debbie. They were in the Charismatic Renewal. And they started that church down there. And now their son, their son-in-law runs the church. And also, uh, this Bayless Conley, the guy from Pastor, uh, Dave Likes down in, where's, where's he at? Orange County, Orange County down there, a big church, but he got, he got, came about because of the charismatic renewal too. We did too. Dr. Barclay came about during that time. You know, and this wasn't just a California thing. It was all over the nation. I was in Indiana. We were in Indiana at the time. You know, in New York. Joe's pastor in New York. He's, He's about pastor's age, and he was talking the other day about how during the charismatic renewal, you know, bam, bam, bam. And then the word churches started coming into being. And praise God for Brother Hagen, because he was around, you know, he had been around, but he had a handle on the word of God. And so we just all we just all kind of, <laughs> we were so hungry to hear him. Pastor and I would go to, like he told you the other day, when we got married, we didn't go to the Bahamas or anything like that. We went to a, we went to Dr. Lester Sumrall's camp meeting up in South Bend, Indiana for a whole week. We were so hungry for God. And all the big time preachers back then were there. Brother Hagan was there. A bunch of other people were there. And we spent the whole week up there because we were so hungry for God. And then we would go to things like Brother Hagan's Winter Bible Seminar. And we, and, and, and Brother Copeland would come to Indianapolis back then. And we would get there two or three hours early, waiting at the door, and the lines were huge. People were so hungry for God, and they filled entire stadiums. People wanting to come and hear the Word of God. See, that's that's what we want. The Word says that in the last days, a lot of times the, the, the Holy Ghost is referred to as Rain. And so it talks about in the word in the Old Testament, Pastor, you can give me the address, that, that in the, in the last days that the former reign, Holy Ghost, and the latter reign, the Holy Ghost, coming together is going to cause a, a huge, enormous, what? Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two, what? Oh, you just know it's in Acts chapter two. Okay, you can look it up for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but, I remember, too, the gifts of the Holy Ghost came. You know, of course, when the Holy Ghost comes in, you've got the gifts of the Holy Ghost coming in, too. You know, so people were getting healed and all kinds of stuff all over the place. I mean, it was just miraculous. Now, the word churches, you know, and there's some word churches that are kind of, you know, kind of... But but word churches have got the word. Where people get healed here all the time. A lot of times we've got, you know, some of the gifts of the Spirit, the word of knowledge comes forth, you know. And a lot of times you may not, not even realize it's happening, but it's the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost says, man, there's somebody here that da-da-da-da, or, you know, if you've got whatever, and, you know, that's the Holy Ghost telling whoever's up here ministering, giving them a word of knowledge or something so that, you know, people can get set free and things like that. Like Kind of like the other night when we had our, what you call it, meeting, and the Holy Ghost had given me the word uh, heartbroken, you know? Well, you know, we can we can put on our Christian happy face, but, you know, sometimes people walk around and they're heartbroken. They've been heartbroken for decades, you know what I'm saying? And they just need set free. And so, you know, I believe that some people were set free that night, and I'm really thankful for that. But I want, um, I, w- I just want us to not be complacent, I guess. I don't want us to be complacent and and to, and to think that, well, that was a good thing, but it's gone. No, and I'm, and I'm thinking about, you know, I said this the other day, but, you know, I've been around a while, <laughs> and I've seen some stuff, and I understand some things. A lot of times when you have these re- revival-type meetings, people feel... You know, the presence of God, they feel stuff, good stuff. But you know, there comes a time when the feelings go away. How many of you, when you first got born again, man, you just felt Jesus with you all over the place. And then one morning you woke up and, where did you go? You know, well, you grew up is what happened. So you didn't need the feeling to know that Jesus was right there with you because he said he was right here with us. You understand? So we know that he's right here with us, whether we feel his presence or not. But some people, unless they get grounded in the word, that will be an experience for them that they just kind of float away and you never see him again. Because they want the feeling. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's what I don't want to happen to to, the, to anybody in the nation. I don't want that to happen to anybody that they well that was a good thing but then they go back to their old life of sin. They go back to their old ways. See that's not that's not what the Lord purposed in all of that. In revivals like I said, he's reviving the the weary the weary saints. He's trying to get the backs backsliders back in. The prodigals to come back in. And he wants them to get fired up for God again and to stay that way, not to just let their flame go out and become part of the whatever. Because, you know, the Lord needs an end-time army. And he needs us fired up. He needs us serious about him. You know, the best way that I can say it a lot of times is that When you surrender your entire life to Jesus, you got it made then. Because when you surrender it, that means that, Lord, I'll go anywhere. I will do anything. I will be anything. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. Now, some people say, Lord, I'll go anywhere, but I don't want to go here. I'll do anything, but I don't want to do that. And you can have all of me, but you can't have this part of my heart. No, that's mine. You're not having that. Some people do it with their finances. Lord, I want to go to heaven, but Dad you're not getting my money. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? I, he can have all the money I've got. I don't care. You know, I just don't care. And he, you know, and the pastor and I have proven it that you know we'll go anywhere he tells us to go. Here we are, you know. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful. But you know what the thing of it is? And Pastor Josh, wherever he's at. Hi, Josh. That was so awesome Sunday when you talked about the steps. You know, we take steps. He said, like, there's no place in the word where it says a leap of faith. We don't leap anywhere in God. He gives us these little tiny steps to take. And so you obey him with step number one, and then... You know, you do that. And then he's going to give you step number two. But the cool thing about God is you may not know where you're going with him. But I guarantee you, you're going to a good place. And he's got a plan for you. And, you know, just surrender, man. Just surrender. Lord, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll be anything. You just surrender. That's all it takes. You know, and some people, they just don't want that. They want their own life. They want to live life their own way. But that's sad, especially if you're a believer, because you want all of God, all of God and, and less of me. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, well, um, I want to go back to <laughs> the beginning of my message, the believer's job description. Okay, you ready for this? Okay, I'm going to read. I hope you have a pen and pencil because you need to write this down because I have no handouts for you. I have something I'm going to give you at the end, but not this. Okay, now listen to this. Luke 19.10. Jesus came. The purpose that he came was to seek and to save that which is lost. Do you remember when you were lost? Do you remember when you were on your way to hell? Do you remember that? Some of you may not have even known you were on your way to hell because you were a good person, <laughs> but you were, you know. But Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. In Colossians 19.20 and in 2 Corinthians 5.18, says Jesus came to reconcile a lost and dying world to himself. He came to reconcile us back to Jesus because of Adam and Eve's stuff in the garden. Jesus had to come and pay the price to buy us, to reconcile us back to him. He had to bridge that gap between us and heaven. That's what Jesus did, okay? In Luke 4, and 18 and 19, Jesus also said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to, to preach the gospel to the poor. So what's, what's the, gospel means good news. What's, what's the good news to a poor man? You don't have to be poor anymore. How many, how many of you used to be poor? Maybe some of you still are. (laughs) But, (laughs) tell you what, you do things God's way, you won't be poor anymore. Because there's your way, there's man's way, there's the bank's way, and then there's God's way. So once you get the hang of doing things God's way, then you won't be poor anymore because it's not God's will for you to be poor. Psalms 23, 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then the word in Psalms, I forget which one it is, talks about how he gives us the desires of our heart. Well, you know, I don't know what the desires of your heart are, but the funny thing about God is he gives you a desire for something and then he brings it to pass. Isn't he cute? Okay. Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus because he has sent, God the Father sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. And we've talked about this lately, about the brokenhearted. To, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives, people that are, were bound by addictions, people who are bound by one thing or another. Amen and recovery of sight to the blind. Amen. To set at liberty those who are, who are bruised or, or oppressed. How many people have mental depression, oppression problems? You know, they just fight daily throughout life because of the things that they are going through. And also it says, The Holy Spirit is upon me, Jesus said, to proclaim, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It was his time. Amen. Now listen to this. This is the believer's job description. you ready for this? Who wants to sign up for a job for Jesus? Whether you sign up or not doesn't matter because if you're born again, this is your job assignment. you ready? Are you going to do it or are you just going to think about it? Okay, let's find out what it is. Matthew 28, 18-20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on, our, on, and on earth, Jesus said. He said, go therefore. The unspoken subject of that sentence, English majors, is the word you. You don't see the word you there. But it means you go therefore, and you make disciples of all nations or peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and Jesus said and lo I am with you always even unto the end of the age so you know it really irritates me when people say oh Lord be with them Now that you just show your ignorance of the word of God he said he'd never leave you or forsake you he said he's with you till the end of the earth so why do you have to ask the Lord to be with you do you understand what I'm saying he's right here He's not going anywhere. You don't have to ask for him to be with you. He is. Amen? He is with you. So, Jesus said that all authority had been given to him. Have you ever heard of a power of attorney? Jesus gave us the power of attorney on this earth. He told us to go and to make disciples of all nations. So how do we do that? We win people to Jesus. That's our job assignment. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He paid the price, right? Everybody in here that I know of has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We've got a job to do. He's given us a job description. That doesn't exclude anybody. That includes all of us. And so when I think about the body of Christ as a whole and the world that's going to hell, I think, man, we're doing a lousy job. Maybe because we're not taking the job description seriously. That's our job now. Our job is to witness and to win people to the Lord. How many people this week have a witness to anybody? How many people have witnessed to some to somebody? Good, good, good. But normally you're just a one-person witness machine at the Walmart day in and day out anyway. <laughs> but we need to be more serious about this because we're being slackers. We're not doing the job. How many people a day cross your path and they're on their way to hell? Maybe it's the people you work with. You know they're going to hell. My gosh, you see their lifestyle. You know they are. What about your neighbors? What about some of your family members? What about the strangers in the store? You know, you need to have your little antenna up. See this? Every time you step out your door, we used to have a sign that said, we had it on the back door, we used to have it here, but we took it down. It says, you are now entering the mission field. You need one in your house. When you walk out the door, it says you are now entering the mission field. When you walk outside the doors of the church, you are now entering the mission field. Because there's a lost and dying world out there. But Jesus said he came to seek and to save those that are lost. And he told us, you go. I've given you my name. I've given you the authority in my name. You know, he's given us his blood. You go. So why are we not going? Why are we not, are we afraid? Oh, maybe it's because we're afraid. Maybe, maybe we think, I don't want to talk to the cashier at the Walmart or the Home Depot because... You know, I'm afraid of what people will think. Somebody might see me. You know, you ought to pray for them. Have you ever prayed for the waitress? you ever prayed for the cashier at the Walmart or the cashier at the Home Depot? Yeah, yeah. You just do stuff like that. Do you care who sees you? No. Every once in a while, the devil says, oh, you don't want to do that. You're tired. You know, you say, shut up, devil. He's not our boss. We were bought with a price, Right? So it's our job to obey him and do what he tells us to do. Now, now, Mark 16, this is similar. Mark sixteen, sixteen to 18. Jesus tells us born-again believers, go into all the world. Now, that, does that mean you have to go to Afghanistan tomorrow like maybe some of our soldiers did? No, it just means what is your world? Is Barstow your world, Fort Irvin your world, Victorville your world? You know, what is your world? You know, sometimes we go on little trips, but, you know. Go into all the world, your world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Does every mean every? You know, the the thing of it is, you need to be always eager to speak unless the Holy Ghost tells you to shut up and don't say a word. And he'll do that every once in a while. A lot of times it's because he's working on this person through another avenue and he doesn't want you blowing it. So, you know, you just don't say anything. But, you know, when I'm, out, when I'm out there, you know, I mean, if you say, if you even use Christianese, have a blessed day. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed. You know, oh, I'm not doing so good, you know. <laughs> you know, use, the, use Christian words. A lot of times when Pastor and I are, we'll start talking about church. We'll see if they bite on it, you know. Because if they're a believer, they'll bite on it. And if they're not a believer, they'll ignore it. So you just continue to look for ways to, to witness. Can you, you know, what can we say, Lord? Is there, what else do you want us to say? You know, there's, there's just, just different things that you do. But see, the Holy Ghost is our instructor, and so we listen to Him and, and we do what He tells us to do, even when we're, you know, out doing our whatever it is we're doing. Okay. So back to Mark 16, it says, going to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, I'm gonna make a statement here. You don't have to be water baptized to, to go to heaven or be saved. Perfect example is the is the is the guy on the cross beside Jesus. When Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Well, the guy didn't have a chance to get water baptized, okay? So he still went to heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? We get water baptized out of obedience to what he what you know his example. Okay? So I just want to make that clear there. And he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations or people, baptizing in the name of the Father. and I already told you that. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I, oh, I just read the same thing again. I'm, I'm supposed to be down here in Mark and I read Matthew again. Okay, I'm back down. Sorry about that. Okay, Mark 16. He who believes, I said that, and these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Piece of cake. A day old believer has authority over Satan. A day old believer. A one second born-again believer has authority over Satan. <clears throat> Says they will take up serpents and it will not harm them. But listen, that doesn't mean we're snake handlers, okay? In the mountains of Tennessee, they got snake handlers, because they took this literally, but that's not what that means. If you go to Acts twenty-eight, three, we're not going there, Paul. You know, was fixing the fire and stuff like that. And a a viper, a very poisonous viper, came out and grabbed a hold of his hand and he just shook it off. And the village people were sitting there waiting for him to drop dead and he never did. So that was a sign and a wonder to them. Okay, listen to this. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. So does that mean that we go around drinking poison water and poison this and poison? No, you don't. No, that's not what that means. It means if, if perchance. You happen to drink something that was bad that it says here it will not hurt them. Okay? It says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So do you lay hands on sick people that you see? Do you lay hands on your children? Do your children lay hands on you at home? Do you lay hands on your people at work? Let me pray for you. You know? Man, take advantage of all these opportunities. Listen to this. John 3.16. You ought to all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then it goes on to say, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, right? He told us, He gave us our job description. What is our job description? You don't know. What is our job description? Right. To witness, to win souls, to disciple people. I'm so thankful that Pastor Dave started the uh, spiritual personal trainer thing in, in our church. Because... You don't, you know, you don't have a little baby and then set it on the sidewalk and say, there you go, little baby. It was nice knowing you. Feed yourself, you know, and, you know, see you around. No. Well, a person that's born again, it's the same, it's the same difference. They're babies. They need, they need the love and the fellowship and the encouragement and the training of the local church of brothers and sisters in the Lord. They need to come in to the house of God and get, you know, and learn what's going on. Um. In Acts 26:18, Jesus said to, to Saul at the time, I, I now send you to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That's when uh, Saul met Jesus on the road to Emmaus and he gave him this job assignment right there on the spot. He gave it to him. John 3, 7 says you must be born again. It's not a choice. I mean, if you're going to go to you know heaven, you must be born again if you're going to be a Christian. Romans three twenty three for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has. Nobody's perfect. Romans six twenty three for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, I'm, saying, I'm giving you these verses because I'm going to give you something in a minute. It's called a salvation pact. It's gonna equip you to be able to go out and tell people about Jesus. So I'm reading these scriptures to you so you'll be familiar with them. They're in they're in here. This is the one that got me see, when I you know, I wasn't I grew up in a nice family. I was a nice girl, I was a good person. You know, I wasn't out drinking, smoking, cussing, you know, all this stuff. I was just a nice person. And I thought I had to work my way to heaven. Nobody ever told me Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 until some Baptist guy told me this. He showed me this verse. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. And I thought, well, you mean I don't have to work for this? You mean it's just a gift and I just need to... Receive the gift? Yeah. Wow, that set me free. And I got born again right then. Isn't that awesome? So when you're witnessing to people, maybe some people are good people. You know, they're not out vile sinners, you know, what we think of. Maybe they're good people, but they still need Jesus. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, even the good person. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus. Um, you know, and then some other things down here. But I want to, um, I want to uh, talk to you about this little packet that I've made. Uh, I didn't know I was going to preach tonight until last night, and so I spent all day long doing this stuff for you guys. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to pass these out to you, or have the ushers in a minute. Um, yeah, I just give one to one to everybody. A lot of the scriptures that I read to you the salvation scriptures that you need to learn so that you can share them with others around little cards that look like this. You know, you need to know this stuff. Let me tell you a clue. If for a chance you go to somebody's house and you start talking to them about the Lord, tell them to go get their Bible. Most people have some kind of a Bible in their house. Tell them to go get their Bible. Don't look in your Bible. Go get their Bible and show them the verses, and that and they trust it more because it's in their Bible. Even if maybe they've never cracked the Bible open, you know, it's their Bible. So, so do that. Um, Pastor wrote a prayer for a, for a great awakening to God. Now, listen to this. This is for you to pray for. The way we talked about the great awakening. Do you want one or not? You know. Thank you, Father, for your holy written word. You said in the last days you would pour out your spirit upon all people, that your sons and daughters would prophesy, your young men would see visions, and your old men would dream dream, dreams, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for great outpouring all across America and around the world, opening people's eyes, turning them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to you, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and turn to your son Jesus for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. See, that that's a prayer you could pray because some people don't know how to pray for that. Also in here, I put a soul-winning confession. Listen to this. We must have a heart for the salvation of souls. We need to keep, keep it over and in our hearts. One way is by this simple confession. Now listen to this. This is the attitude that we need to have. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for giving me a greater revelation of eternity, of heaven, and of hell. If we have a greater revelation of how awesome heaven is and how horrific hell is, we don't want anybody going there. Thank you for giving me a heart to witness and win the lost. One of the papers in here, too, I'm not done reading that, says, My Testimony. You need to write out your testimony for your own benefit. You know, how you got born again, what Jesus has done in your life, blah, blah, blah. So that you're familiar with it yourself. So that like Raymond, when you're at work, Raymond, and, and brother, I mean, Joe Schmo walks up, you know, and he's mumbling and griping and complaining. And you can say, man, I used to be like that, you know. But I gave my life to Jesus. And this is what's happened to me since then. You know, da, 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 da. Man, would you like that too? I can pray for you right now. Would you like that? probably will take his hand and pray the prayer of salvation with him. You understand what I'm saying? Use your testimony. You've all got a testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. Okay? Thank you for giving me boldness and creative ideas to share my faith. I believe in Jesus' name. I am a soul winner for you. I believe I am growing spiritually, and my church High Desert Word Center is growing both spiritually and numerically. Our church loves the lost and backslidden people of the world and we are reaching out and going out to bring them in. When I stand in front of you, Jesus, I will hear, when I stand in front of Jesus, I will hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. So everywhere we go, we talk about Christ to all who will listen. That's Colossians 1.28 in the Living Bible. Then we've got a prayer for revival in here. You know, I told you there's a difference. Prayer for revival. I wrote under this thing, One must have already been alive in him to be revived. Revival is for backsliders to come home and for lukewarm Christians Christians to fire up. And then I made some, a couple years ago I made, well I redid our tracks. We had a track we used to always use. And I was going to print a bunch of them one couple, three years ago and I thought, oh man, that just doesn't do the trick anymore. So I prayed and the Holy Ghost gave me this. It's called Absolute Truth, the Ultimate Reality. People want truth today. And so in this little packet, I've given you two tracks. That's all I had time to run off today. pastor folded them for me. Thank you, dear. So anyway, take your job description seriously. Jocelyn, you're all over town. But you're doing a good job. Because when you won that pageant, you were talking about the Lord. Yep. You know, take the opportunity captive audience, you know. Those people were a captive audience. What are they going to do with you? Throw you out? No. You know? You understand what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm challenging you tonight. The Holy Ghost is on the move. He will come through Barstow if we want him to. Now, if we're going to be complacent and hate, sera, sera, I don't care, Lord, what do you do or whether you don't. I'm fine. I'm saved, blah, blah, blah. He He ain't coming. But... If we're serious about the kingdom of God and about doing our job description, winning the lost for him, bringing them in, getting them hooked up with our our, our our spiritual personal trainers and all that kind of stuff so these people can grow, loving on them and including them into the family of God. This is a great place. Amen. Well, I'm done. I don't know what else to say. I, I just hope that I help you tonight. I want man, I want you to I want to challenge you. There's so much to Jesus. There's so much we just want to tap into. Pastor Dave, come on up here. Please. Okay, and um just FYI, Brian Besser's back in the ministry again. whoa, ho. Whoa ho, ho. Yeah. So he can come here and teach us all this stuff yeah. better. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Go for it, pal.
0: <laughs> Amen. All right. Well let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. What a good and challenging word to us. Praise the Lord. You know, we are all called uh to the Great Commission. We are all called to the ministry of reconciliation out of Second Corinthians chapter five. And so we all have a calling on our lives to share the love of Jesus and to let people know the good news, the gospel, amen. Well, uh, let's go ahead and we're going to take a few minutes as we close out here tonight. We'll have Pastor Josh lead us in a little worship. Uh, if I can have my prayer team, come on up. If you're here tonight and you need prayer for anything, we'd love to be in agreement with you and see the Lord uh, work in your situation. Uh, but if not, you know, praise the Lord and and worship God from where you're at for a few minutes. But if you need prayer, come on up tonight, amen.
2: take but the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn
0: trust that everybody's been blessed have you been challenged this evening to step up to the plate and share the gospel amen well praise god we do know that the lord is doing some great things uh in our country and in our midst right now so i encourage each of us to really be seeking him and uh ready to obey whatever he tells us to do amen want to remind you men that we do have men's meetings saturday nine o'clock bring some up to share and we'll just have a great time studying the word together and this weekend is going to of course be awesome fpu starts sunday night and so if you're interested in that make sure you go online and register and uh and if, if you have any questions about it you can see pastor josh tonight and uh and find out a little bit more information amen
1: all right you got something to I, I just want to tell you something has anybody here ever, ever been addicted to anything anything at all And you know, you know, I'm I'm thinking about, thinking about in life, even for Christians, have you ever bought a bag of potato chips and thought you're going to eat just one? And next thing you know, the bag's gone. Or have you ever bought a container of ice cream and thought, I don't want to put this in the bowl. I'm just going to eat this out of the carton. I just need a little bit. And then it's all gone. That's called addiction. Well, once you become a soul winner, you get addicted. I, I was a very serious addict as a young Christian. I didn't have family responsibility things. I was a single guy. I chased them down everywhere they went. I just, one, one minute story, I'm gonna just make it real short. I had a customer, I was a, I, was a, I was a truck driver, delivered downtown Indianapolis, one of the biggest department stores there. I went there about every two days, pulled up the alley, this guy came out. Every day he came out, and he cussed me out. And he was mean and things like that. I put up that for a while. If I thought, wait a minute, why am I letting this guy get by with that? And so I started praying for him. And i come in, good morning, how you doing? And he called me a few names, cussed me out. That was it. So finally, one day, I was all prayed up. I got in there. I raised my door my trailer up. I stand standing there. This old guy was down there. I said, good morning, how you doing? He started cussing me. I didn't give him his freight. I jumped off the truck. I got in his face. And I said, I want to tell you something. You're a miserable man. And you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He said, what do you say that for? I said, man, zombies are miserable. Every day I pull in and you cuss me out. And I'm nothing but nice to you. And you cuss me out every day. Oh, no. And he says, my my dad was a Pentecostal preacher. And I backslid. And then I gave him his boxes. And I just kept trying to talk to him. And he ran inside the building. And I didn't let him have his freight bill. I ran after him. And they had, the, anybody ever seen these old wooden elevators, these doors go up and down? The guy jumped on that elevator and I jumped on with him. He slammed the door and I wouldn't let him. I jumped on the elevator. We went up to the third floor and I stuck with him till he prayed. But that's an addict. I was a true addict. I just went, man, when I, when I got the hunger for one, I got a beat on him. I chased it down till I got it. That's, I'm just telling you, if you, if, if you get, if you could get addicted, talking to people about Jesus like you would a bag of potato chips or ice cream or dyed Pepsi whatever it is got you what you do one man that's fun it's, it's nice and you do another do another. you get on a roll and then every day your prayer for you going to work is Lord show me who the target is today
3: there's no bigger high than when you lead somebody to Jesus
1: None. and the more you do it the easier it gets amen
0: Amen. Praise
1: God. Alright, we're going to go ahead and close
0: out in prayer and do our Barstow faith confession and we will dismiss you this evening. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the word that we have seen tonight. And, Lord, we we promise, Lord, we're taking this serious. And we know that you have a purpose and a calling for each one of us here. And that is definitely to share the gospel everywhere we go, Lord. So help us to remember this and to take it seriously. And, Lord, we ask that you would use us this week and give us that opportunity to be the light of the world everywhere we go. We love you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this weekend.